do her, I hardly know her. Welcome back to Detroit Dart Talk. I told you. Uh, today it's just we got Timothy and you got Alex. Uh, and you got you got me, Tom. Uh, today we're gonna be recapping Oiler Dome, which was two weeks ago as of recording this. Yeah. Yeah, two weeks ago. Okay. So we got projects first, right? Yeah. What what we've we been working on, boys? Well, I am learning CAD officially, like real CAD, and I've decided to jump in after a few projects and start trying to uh, design a blaster, a Flycore. So that's been fun. Tell us, <laughs> tell us more. Tell us more. Um. Well, we'll see if anything comes of it, but I wanted to do something a little unique, so I decided to flip a Flycore upside down. Yeah. And so uh imagine a, a pistol with a uh lipo in the grip and the mag just sticking straight out the top a la the classic rev reaper except it's a talon mag um and it's gonna look basically like a kind of like a swoopy star trek phaser thing so lots of curves and lines to it uh very sci-fi um, but yeah, we'll see if I actually get it done because I got the basic stuff done and now I'm like into the minutia of like, how do you make a comfortable grip? How do you, you know, make something that can print and not fall apart in your hands? So yeah, it's, it's, it's fun. It's fun. <laughs> wow. Ask Adam for tips. Cause it seems like every grip he prints is hella comfortable. Yeah. It's not like I'm, you know holding myself up to any sort of amazing standard. <laughs> See, just have a quick two grip sitting right here. Right. So staring Squir- at me, squirrel Slayer posted in the chat this, but better with a picture of the, uh, worker hurricane with the, um, well, it looks like he did his own version, but there are some 3d printed, uh, upside down mags. And I, my mind actually went to that before the rev reaper, um, yeah, for some that's, reason. It, it, that is more the the hurricane with the mag adapter is more accurate to what this is going to be, except not that. <laughs> <laughs> so the other day you described it as a, like a speed skater helmet, and I I do I do see that. I see that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, speed skater helmet with like a shark fin out the top. I don't know. <laughs> I kind of wanted to call it a beluga, and it's like you stuff the mag in the blowhole, but I felt like that might be inappropriate. <laughs> oh, I'm here for it. <laughs> we support it. Tom, you had any recent projects? Uh, I have a desolator sitting on my desk to mod. I wonder where you got that. And I just, I haven't had the time to do it. Oh, yeah, I got it from Tim. <laughs> Our boy, Timothy. I think we actually did talk about that on the last episode. We might have. I don't remember anymore. Yeah, because I think I had just dropped it off when we recorded. Because I was, you talked about having to reprint the uh, pusher, which I was surprised about. Yeah. So no, I have it. I like I have everything ready for it. I just haven't modded it yet, or haven't haven't finished it up yet. Rather. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, I haven't really done anything nerf wise, um, other than I've been selling off um some loved but no longer used items 
Uh, GSP is the proud owner of uh, some warp sias. Uh, now that I've uh, changed over to the um, uh, Armstrong accessories uh, quivers, um, I do need to get some more magazines for the boys for PA. Um, so I'll probably have to take a look at their battle belts here pretty soon to make sure that they're going to have enough storage. I also need to crony their blasters, make sure they're under 120. I'm pretty sure they're barely over 100, honestly, but I'll have to double check that. The chronoing is, always gives me like so much anxiety. Like I know I'm under, but I'm always worried I'm not. Yeah, but but are you? I'm probably. The true but answer is it depends on whose chronograph you're using. Honestly, that is yeah. True. That's why you just bring your own chronograph. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right. Anyways, um, why don't we do a letter to the host? Um, why don't we do that? I don't think we've done one for a while. No, I don't think so. Now we didn't ask for um, votes. Um, this isn't a democracy. So, all right. Do we want to do serious or silly? Yes. Go silly. Silly. Uh, all right. We're going to go with lightning eagles then. Would you rather battle 100 jolt-wielding berets or 10 minigun-wielding Captain Xavier's? Uh, Xavier's. Why? Oh, I, like, I've, I've seen beret play. He's He's unpredictable. Well, Xavier is fairly predictable the way you I don't disagree play. so it's, it's it's a lack of element of surprise that's fair Alex uh, I, I'm gonna go with Berets because the minigun is like thousands and ten of them is thousands and thousands of rounds and that might start to get annoying or hurt and uh, 100 Berets is just 100 like 40 FPS shots with Jolt so I'm fine with that yeah but see here's the thing so I, I gotta side with Tom on this and, and my reasoning is with the 10 Xavier's, that's only 10 arcs of fire that you have to defend against. Whereas with 100 Jolts, they have 100 arcs of fire. And it only takes one dart to tag you out. Now, now the question was not, which one do you think you can beat? It's which one do you want to duel? I'm assuming I'm losing either way. And I'd rather get shot 100 times with the Jolt than take the rifle rounds. Just saying. Because I don't see victory possible in either of those scenarios. I'm still going with I'm still going with Xavier's. That's fair. That's fair. I I, I think I would last longer with the Xavier's, so I, I'm going to stick with it. So good question, Lightning. That one humorous. <laughs> All right. So moving on to our main topic, then. Alex uh, talked it up so much last year that uh, we. <laughs> decided to all make the road trip and it was it was easier because it was on saturday this year instead of sunday uh but we hiked the four and a half hours down to uh west lafayette indiana to purdue university home of the boilermakers for their annual boiler dome event now we only were there for saturday we did not uh head down friday for their their um they actually have an armory on campus um uh, and they held mini like PVP mini games in there uh, Friday night, so we didn't participate in that. Uh, and then Sunday they actually held Ion Rush, which is awesome because you know you don't hear too much about Ion Rush um, right now. 
um, with, uh, well, <laughs> there isn't a, uh, a pro tour. Well, like, actually, Dart Zone is putting something on, isn't, aren't they? They're putting something on. Um, but with uh, absolutely crickets coming out of the end war uh, front, um, and they didn't do Ion Rush uh, last year. They did. Uh, it was a it was a modified King of the Hill last year, wasn't it? Something like that. Anyway, um, it's cool to see that Ion Rush is uh, is still getting um, some love because it's a fantastic format. So, um, but we didn't uh, stick around for that because that was on Sunday, and uh, we have families and lives and. Um, Although uh, one of our local club members and one of our one of our patreons uh, did compete, uh, Chase, um, so he did stick around uh, and and play sure. in it. <clears throat> if I remember correctly, he was uh, he jumped on last minute to a team that was looking for another member, um, so that was mm-hmm. cool. But uh, so Alex, tell us uh, what exactly is Boiler Dome? Recap. So Boiler Dome, yeah, Boiler Dome is a multi-day, usually two, uh, invitational that Purdue University's Boiler League of Tag puts on. Uh, but it's not HVZ, which, you know, we're used to invitational HVZs. This is uh, usually a combination of one day, you know, PvP tournament and one day campus clash, which is a unique game type that Purdue has. And they devote an entire day to it. And that's what we went down for. Campus Clash is a game that got started up, I want to say, about five years ago, if I'm remembering right, um, by a friend of the show as well, uh, Andrew. Um, And it's essentially a zone control game. So they'll divide up a section of their campus into zones. And then there will be two teams. And each team goes to a starting position, a starting zone that they control. From there, they can go to adjacent zones, which have a moderator standing in the middle. And if you tag the moderator, they will start a timer. Uh, If you control that zone, so you defend the moderator and prevent the other team from tagging them, your timer counts until it hits uh, designated time. I believe this one was 15 minutes. Uh, So after 15 minutes, you gain control of that zone and the moderator will move to an adjacent zone. Uh, Now, depending on how they set up the campus map, that might be lanes. Like last year, it was essentially two lanes that ran a length of campus. So you would essentially push the moderator to the next zone. This time around, it was more like a grid. So the moderator could go up or down all kind of along their side of the grid, but they could also kind of rotate at the ends if they needed to, or they would drop back to a previously controlled zone to basically allow it to be contested again. Uh, So the goal is that at the end of the game, which I believe lasted for about two hours, whichever team controlled the most zones at that time won the game. So it was a constant two to three uh, firefights essentially going on the entire time and teams trying to figure out should they stay and defend should they send people to strengthen the numbers of another squad that's trying to take a different zone uh it's just like a big balancing game over the course of two hours of where do you concentrate your players and your blasters uh to take control of zones so 
really interesting game type, and I don't, I have not heard of anywhere else that plays a game like it. So definitely a really fun experience to get to go play at. Yeah, I, uh, I've never experienced anything else like that, and uh, it is, uh, it was extremely enjoyable. Yeah, it very I, much so. I'll be honest, like if HVZ didn't exist, that would be the um, type of experience that would draw me in. Like, you know, I, I've I've played competitive. It's not really my thing. Yeah, I enjoy PvP, but um, the, a structured format like that. Um, really made it even more enjoyable. Yeah. Yeah, they, they really did a great job putting it on. Yeah, I think there was, for the most part, like the rules they gave out were very well done. There was not a ton of confusion. Um, you know, there was a little bit of like, we we don't know our way around Purdue. Where do we go? But even for that, they had a updating, they were updating their Discord with like a Google Maps overlay that would show the zones and who controlled it. And there was supposed to be like a dropped pin on like the location the mod would stand at. So I I would say probably about halfway through the first game, at least for the zones of campus, we were pretty much playing in. I was like, okay, I know where things are. I can get around now. And all their like respawn rules and stuff, they went over really well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Although it, even though they went over it really well, it still seemed like there was some confusion because they had to go over the rules again. Yeah, I th- I think that stemmed from the the typical problem of players not clearing the play area once they were tagged. Um, you know, we have that in HVZ where if a zombie gets shot and they don't like get their head headband off and get out of the way, they're going to get shot more because you you assume they're still in play. And I know for me at Campus Clash, that happened a few times where I kept shooting at people because they didn't have their, you know, armband or headband or whatever off. And uh, or they were standing like next to people who did have their headband still on and were still in play. So, My favorite was that like last <laughs> five minutes of play. We're like, we're trying to advance up, trying to like, get stuff done. And this guy who's like said he was hit it's just like standing there picking up darts off the ground it's like why are people still shooting me why are you <laughs> still just standing in the middle of play dude yep and so there's there's stuff like that where it's like look you you're saying this is an issue but you're just standing here so let's get out of the way yeah but i would say that's a that's a player issue as opposed to a yeah. um game issue but yeah i that was a little like okay you're just gonna get shot i guess <laughs> sorry yeah and the mods were quick to you know speak up in between to uh kind of try and curb that as much as possible which was always nice yeah they did a good job but yeah i, yeah, I, I think all things considered the mods did a pretty damn good job yeah they did especially for like they're just a college club like they're not I, none of the mod team struck me as people I've seen at like Kane or somewhere else, or I, I don't think they go, you know, travel to different clubs and play different types of events. They just do their thing. And so that's always a big task when you have, you know, strangers coming from outside, you know how to play your game, but how do you make sure the game runs with people who haven't played it before? And so the fact that there did weren't that many big problems 
speaks very highly to the, like they prepped and they did a good job. Yeah, see, our, our whole solution is that is to that is all right. Just use N War rules because everybody knows them. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Um, I mean, they had a very distinct rule set, um, but it was easy to understand. Yeah. So, so for the listeners, we'll go over the rule set. So, you had a 130 FPS cap. Uh, so very familiar to HVZ players. Um, there was no limit on ammo, and I believe you could use your standard kind of like sock throwables, things like that. Um, there were no also no special ammo rules, so like Mega and Mega XL didn't do anything. Uh, and then they allowed certain kinds of shields. So they had like a small size shield that you could run a pistol with, and they had rules for what a pistol was. And then they had a anything bigger than this, you just can't run a blaster or throwables with it. So we had a few people with like giant cardboard tower shields that were like a movable wall. Oh that god, were, that was fun. Yeah, I well there was that standoff where I think you and Tim were behind the shield, and I was with the, some of the players on my team uh, around the corner at the end of that little like walk between the buildings, and we were just exchanging darts for a while there. Couldn't hit Tim; he fit perfectly behind all the shields. <laughs> Can't so those. Those were like four or five layers thick of corrugated cardboard. Yeah, they were like, they were not going to wear down and break. <laughs> no, no, it was because uh, in game one, like to to see the the player had to uh, kind of part the shield so he could take a look around. The next game, he cut some slits in it so he could just look through those. <laughs> so um, he he really he really bumped up his and you know, like for that he he wasn't allowed to run a blaster so he just was only running those two big shields right which if you can get enjoyment from a nerf event and not actually use a nerf blaster I means it's a pretty fun event i tell you what though that dude was was highly effective oh yeah like he knew where to position himself to give other players the best cover and uh you know, just had a good nature about it the entire time. Mm-hmm. That entire group—they were from um, Missouri or something. Yeah, they—they they were they were troopers. They were good players. Mm-hmm. Yeah, enjoyed playing with them. Yeah. So then we had let's see, we had the respawn was probably the most complex thing. You know, you really had to know, and so respawn rules for this game were uh, every five minutes. It was a rolling timer, so if it hit a five-minute or a ten-minute mark, you could respawn within that sixty seconds. So, like once the clock ticked to one twenty-five, you had sixty seconds to call yourself clear. And if you miss that time, you have to wait for the next spawn rollover. During that time, though, to call yourself clear, you had to either be in a zone you control. So there was a lot of look at the cell phone, see that you know it's a minute till respawn jog back over to the zone you control and jog back across the street or whatever it was to make sure you're in there when it turns over or you get there within the minute of it turning over or a player that is alive can basically like high five you shoulder tap you whatever you know tag you back in in any zone but it has to be on that five minute mark now there was another Uh, thing and and this was one of the things that people got confused about you had to be dead when the time turned to the five. If, yes, you, if so, you died after the five minute 
after that, you know, after that 60 second minute had started, you had to wait till the next five. Right. That and that was a good, that was a good rule, but it was very, I, I thought that was good that they called that. Um, and I'm sure it got fudged a few times where someone got tagged, looked down and was like, oh, look, it's time. Right. <laughs> but for the most part, I felt like, you know, because they addressed it, that was pretty, pretty well abided by. But yeah, there Definitely, was lots of... It was of, better the second game for sure. Yeah. And I feel like that's going to be the case no matter what. Oh, yeah. Um, other than that, like the general meta and what were engagements like. Um, it was very much just backyard nerf. Like it was running around shooting at, I don't know, would you say 30 feet, 40 feet engagement ranges? Would you agree? Like it was a very kind of like nostalgic old school feel for nerf. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was because it was just different from what we were like used to. We're not used to people shooting back at us. Exactly. No, we're not used to PVP at all. Well, I mean, we do PVP, but it's Park Wars. So yeah. You, yeah. we were playing PVP in an HVZ setting, which really exactly. makes you stop and think because we're used to when we're playing on H, you know, college campuses and stuff, you got to take your corners wide. You, you know, it, there, it's a completely different mentality for how you scout and, and how you think about where you're going. Um, versus when you have to worry about, uh, you know, Johnny, who was running a pistol gripped Titan, arcing shots <laughs> from halfway across the green. Yeah. <laughs> well, we're also like, cause these games were two and a half, three hours long. We're not used to a marathon like that. Yeah. I ran out of darts. Uh, I, yeah. I was close on the second game, but I ran out of darts on the first game. I ran that out second of game. Like you. You were running with me for the most part, and I I switched out blasters. Yeah, we were going back and forth with ammo, too. Yeah. Yeah, second game, I ran out uh, within the last five minutes. I I realized I was down really low, and so I was, at one point, just pointing the basic at people. And they would, like, hide, because I had been getting, like, a lot of tags, because I was just kind of like, sure, I'll dump five darts at you to get you tagged out. Well, that that eats through your darts really fast. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yes, yeah, so I was just doing the threatening point, and then once I ran out towards the end, I was just like fake firing at people, <laughs> and they did not notice for a long time either. <laughs> well, that's it, easy to do with a flywheeler because you still get the sound. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. But uh, yeah, that's like the first time I've ever actually like run out of ammo in a game. Yeah, it, it's it was not, a weird feeling. It's not as uncommon for me, but you know, I tend to be heavy-handed with my blasters, which is why I carry 33, I think the count is up to, mags <laughs> on my full kit. And I went through pretty much every single one of them. And then some, because mm-hmm. I, I was borrowing from Tom, too. Tom, Tom uh, kind of went mag bag um, with his talons. Had had a completely second loadout in his, in his hydro pack. And that was the entire plan for the hydro pack. <laughs> Um, so first game, we were all on pink team together because the, the teams were pink and green. Um, and it became apparent to the mods very quickly that, uh, pink was overstaffed. Um, I think some people wanted to be on the same team as other players. And so they switched because, um, 
I heard that one of the moderators left some pink bandanas laying out. Um, yeah. So they switched uh, teams and didn't even out the teams. Um, now, to the moderator's credit, they did um, make some balancing mid-game in the first game. Um, but I think it was slight. I mean, they... Green did make a good push comeback, but I think it was slightly too little too late because uh, Pink did take the first one. Yep. So then we went and got something to eat at uh, the, what was it, the People's Brewery? Pe- the People's Brewing Company or something? Yeah, yeah, I think People's Brewing, yep. Yeah. Who uh, apparently in Indiana, you have to be 21 to enter um, those type of establishments. Luckily, one Yeah, of them- that was a surprise. <laughs> yeah. So uh, one of our ma- one of our team members didn't have their ID on them. Wink, wink. Um, but uh, they luckily still let us in and eat. And then we got back and we found out they were uh, changing up teams and they split us up. Uh, and direct quote: uh, "We were too powerful." Uh, and I, I can get into that later. But uh, um, so the second game was uh, Tom and. Uh, was it just you and I, Tom, or was, um... it was just us. I think so. Yeah. And will, um, Oh yeah. Yeah. On pink team. And then on green team was Dan and Alex and Artemis. Uh, yeah, I think chase was on our team as well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so that, that created some interesting engagements. I always like a chance to shoot Tim. I try to. Oh, I'm successful. I'm good at it. <laughs> oh, God. Take that power away. Um, and this, the second game was a much closer game. Um, and yeah, what it, it was really close. What, what really ended up happening was um, it came down to... So the, the map was basically a bunch of zones in a circle and then two central zones and so what ended up happening in the first game was where the mod went next when a zone got captured was somewhat randomized they they didn't just go to a pre-set zone but in the second game the two two of the mods just kept um going in a half circle back and forth kind of like um uh pong you know the paddles just going up to the next one till they reached uh, the end of their set of zones and then going back um, in a half circle. And then those center two zones, that third mod just went back and forth between those two zones. So you captured one, he went to the next zone over. So that's where a lot of the firefight ended up happening was on the border of those two zones. Um, yeah. By the way, it's worth mentioning that the first game was called Early Due to Rain. Yeah. Yes. Also pretty close to the end at that point anyway yeah it was decently close and i i don't think the team was the green team was going to be able to make a comeback because of the unbalanced nature of the early game oh yeah so a lot of the firefight ended up happening in that those center two um zones and it seemed like green was going to take it and and in fact i think they did um get that center zone right as the time ran out. But what Green didn't realize is while Jess got it, we're like seconds away from getting it. Um while Green was 
focused on the center zones. Uh, some splinter cells of pink had gone off and captured uh, more zones out on the perimeter. Um, yeah. So pink ended up winning the second one by one zone. It it became one of those, not how do we score another point, but how do we stop green from scoring a point? Yeah, because green was, I was green, and I we were incredibly close to scoring what would have been the game-winning point had we been able to actually take the take the zone and it it got decided in the last like minute of the actual game too well, i th- i think the last like 30 seconds yeah yeah it was the it was down to the wire mm-hmm. like we we had we had pushed to uh, one zone and we're trying to take control of it and we asked the mod like when is the zone going to cap? And he was like, if you control it till it caps, you win, you will like, you will control the zone. There's no way they can take it. And I was like, well, how much time left? He's like, Oh, it'll be like uh, 20 seconds before the game actually ends. <laughs> Once you cap it. And we, we couldn't hold it at the last second. <laughs> See, I thought, I thought you guys did get it at the last second. No, we did not. We got pushed no, off. No, of They it were, they were with, seconds away. Yeah. We, we were we were under thirty seconds out from controlling that zone when Pink came in and tagged him. Oh, yeah. That's why that last push was so important because since Will had gone around, when they had initially started taking that point and we had been doing that firefight in the middle, um, Green had a massive advantage. But since that little splinter cell broke off, which was I think Chicago Nerf, and uh, and Will were the main two there. And since they were able to go on and capture everything, we just had to make sure they didn't capture Fountain or something. Yeah, there was Lionhead Fountain and then um, uh, Founders Square or something like that. Yeah. So we just and when it, we we decided to make a push in the last five minutes because of the rolling fives, um, the next uh, respawn opportunity would have been after the game was over. Yeah, so I mean, in in that aspect, um, it still was uh, some HVZ tactics because you know since you respawned on the fives, um, we still saw pushes and rushes happening right before respawn, um, and and then because of the whole like if you weren't in a zone you controlled, you needed a hand fi- or high five to come back in. Teams would like squirrel away one strategic member. So that they could tag back in if they weren't in a zone they controlled. It was a, it was a lot of fun though, like a lot, a lot of fun. Yeah, definitely will go again uh, if and when they do host another one. Um, mm-hmm. Which I guess there is some question as to whether or not this was the last game, right? Because I guess a lot of the admin um, that is the backbone of putting on their events is about to graduate. If I was understanding correctly. Mm-hmm. I had not heard that, but you might have had a conversation I did. Well, so that's that was the driving force behind why they were calling the last HVZ they did the last HVZ uh, ever. So yeah, that's a little different. Um, the 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 last HVZ thing was that the the admins and it was all former club admins who wanted had interest in putting on something like HVZ were all graduating and or had graduated and then were moving away. And okay. so they didn't think they would ever get that group back together. Campus class should be safe because that's like a annual tradition 
So they their their club has enough members to put that type of thing on each year. Well, that's good. Okay. Yeah, it was it was specific to that HVZ was a unique case of why they were saying it would probably never happen again. Gotcha. Nice campus too. Like it, it's a nice play area, um, and they mm-hmm. they made good use of um, the map and wh- how they divided up zones. Um, like there were some unique play areas. Like I'm kind of bummed I didn't get to go over. So the zone you guys were in when I was hiding behind the tower shield. That was a cool yeah. zone, and there probably would have been some really cool firefighting happening in there. Um, yeah, there with was that a, fountain in the middle. Yeah, there was a big fountain with a bunch of smaller, like, pylons almost. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that would have made for some some interesting gameplay. Um, but um, there wasn't a whole lot of running, which was nice. Um, it was a slower-paced game in some ways. Um, Speak for yourself. Well, Tom, you always play Speed Squad. I was I was running all over campus. I all right. I'll rephrase. I did not feel like I was missing out on action because I was not keeping up with Speed Squad. That's a good way to put it. Yeah, I I would have liked if there had been some more action. There was some nice area over there that just never got like used. Yeah. What's interesting to me, having you know, being the the person who's gone two years now, is and this confused me. The map changed. So when oh, I did. play, oh yeah, um, the majority of the play area this year was not the play area last year. Um, our play area started up around the um, bell tower and stuff, and that was like the south end of it. And then last year it ran like northwards along like a long stretch, like a mall type area, um, like a green a green space with buildings on it, on the sides. And it went behind those buildings too, and it was up along uh, one of the main roads coming in. Because I remember when we were coming into town, I pointed out to Tom, and I was like, "Oh, that building, you know, was in play this year. Like that we're, along this street was in play, but then this year it was not. So they do change it from year to year too, which is, you know, probably for the best. And I think it's really cool because each year it's a different experience. Then, yeah. It definitely, it definitely was a pretty good experience. I, I don't think if I did it again, I don't think I'd do it as a day trip. Yeah, I regretted that. Terrible <laughs> day. Yeah, that was um. It was a very long day. Yeah, it was a very long day. Like but it, it was still it, a good was, time. It was nice not like to be able to go to an event and not have to spend money. Like that was oh, yeah. the the really good benefit of doing it as a day trip, but it was just. By the end of it, I was so tired. <laughs> so very tired. Yeah, and so... Completely crashed. Well, and, like, some of us were... We, we took, what, two vehicles? Yeah. Because yeah. it, was, it was Tom, Alex, and Artemis in one vehicle, and then Dan and I in the other. And, uh, I mean, it wasn't brutal driving back, but definitely would have been nicer if we could have crashed and maybe stopped in at Ion Rush a little bit, or even have gone down Friday night and gotten a little bit more sleep played and played in their um their mini games at the armory a little bit. We, we kind of talked about it on the way back and I I don't know what the, if it would have been better to have stayed Friday night or Saturday night. I really don't know. Yeah, that's true because like we had to leave so early to get there, but also by the end of it I, I was like worn out and I kind of I don't know if it would have been better just to be able to go crash somewhere that night 
or if it would have been better to like wake up and have a more leisurely morning and stay both nights problem solved right it's the only real answer is to go the next two years and do both <laughs> for science yeah that's the only logical answer yeah that's that's fair <laughs> um but yeah so fun time um definitely highly recommend going in the future um and uh it was a fresh take on playing on a college campus yeah oh absolutely it was a, it was a great time so um have any you guys so did you guys all submit your own feedback forms because they did put out uh, feedback i did um yeah, I, I did i submitted feedback and and i won't go into um what my complaint was but i i, I will say that I, I expressed a concern that bugged me uh, quite a bit. And so I, I said that in the um, feedback form. I never did um, have anybody reach back out to me like I requested. So, I mean, overall, good event. I'd go back. I Did I have grievances? Absolutely. But are they game-changing enough where I wouldn't go back? No. It's interesting. Yeah, I had a, I had a good time. And I know what your grievance was, Tim. And for what I don't, I did not have the same grievance. I did not. I don't remember what his grievance was. I know we talked about it a lot, I, but I, I don't remember. I don't want to. You, oh, we can bleep now, right? Yeah. We can bleep things. So if you don't want to yeah. said, Tim's grievance was that we got split up for the second oh, game. Yeah. No, that's, that's fair. Yeah. And while I understand that grievance, I. On one hand, I think that's fair, but it's also kind of fun to play against against you guys. Yeah, I yeah, think but give give you the choice though. Don't force. That's it. what I was about yeah, to say. Like, yeah. I think that was where the issue kind of became an issue was that it felt like it we didn't have a choice in it, and I can understand that personally. I did not mind getting split up, um, and I think some of the specifics of what Tim you got upset about was more of an offhand comment from Ahmad. I don't think they were saying that as seriously was the why the reason we were getting split up specifically. I think he was just kind of making like a, haha, yeah, you're just so powerful. I think they would have split. I mean, they did. They split up everyone pretty evenly. Or are they so. saying it's because we were like actual competent players? Yeah, well, yeah, it was the one, the mod who was handing out the bandanas to us when Tim was like, oh, you know, we wanted to stay together if we came together. And he was like, well, you're just so powerful. I don't think he was saying that specifically. Like, yeah, I, I do think that they should have, they should have let us stay together. But I was. Yeah, there are there are ways fun. there are ways you can keep groups that traveled together able to play together if they want to, um, and I do think that's something they can take to heart because while I didn't feel the same way as Tim did, that also does not mean that you know Tim you're wrong in what you're feeling. It's just we had different reactions to it. And you want, as an event organizer, you you want to accommodate. As if they had you, like, draw from a hat. <laughs> that guy on Rush. <laughs> yeah, I, I think that that'd be kind of neat. So, like, it's not even, like, the mods picking. It's just there are 20 pink, 20 green, draw from a hat. Yeah, but And you're, see, like, of course, using some app for that or whatever. But then, like, you end up with, like, 20 FDLs going against 20, you know, stock uh, yeah. retaliators. 
You know, at, Funny, le- yeah. at least a to win. At least when they were, <laughs> at least when they were splitting us up, they put the two FDLs on different teams. Yeah. Although your te- uh, although Alex's team did actually have th- two FDLs. Well, one of them didn't work for part of the time. Well, that was user error. Love you, Dan. Yeah. <laughs> I'm glad it was just a dart jam and not. Uh, I wish I had known more about how it worked because I would have been like, oh, you just do this. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm glad that's all it was and not like the pusher. Although I, I was shocked when you said you thought it was the pusher motor because the pusher motor and those things are so freaking beefy. See, I know nothing about them, so that's, I was just assuming. I mean, it, it's a heavy-duty stepper motor. Yeah. And those things have a lot of torque on them, so to strip one of those out. Of course. Yeah. Anyways. Overall, good event. Yeah. Yeah, good event. Everybody should go to that. Yeah, definitely. So, real quick, Brain is asking, Brain's asking in the chat, what was the ratio of modded to stock or stock to hobby grade? It, oh. it was honestly probably close to even. <sighs> I yeah, I would say it was probably fifty fifty, and mm-hmm. and I, the guys even, that were running even stock, maybe leaning towards stock. The guys that ran stock um, held their own. Um, well, there's that one. There's that one guy who was running like a fate, and I think like maybe a takedown or whatever that one is. And he was he was having a blast. He was running around going for like rocket punches at people. Just <laughs> really really good spirit. Yeah, that to do the. There was someone's up. dad just running around with his shield and a takedown. Oh yeah. yeah. Yeah, that was something I thought was hilarious. Uh, I felt Rival was extremely ineffective. Oh, yeah. Because, like, you, you, it doesn't have the benefit of HVZ where the zombie comes to you. And it was a bit breezy that day. So there, there was, like, no accuracy with Rival rounds. So whenever someone came to me with a Rival Blaster, I was like, I, I don't fear you. <laughs> well, it's interesting. It was ineffective, but at the same, at the same time, it's just so prevalent on store shelves. Oh yeah, it is. And I think had the weather been calmer, that would have been a different case too. Like I think with you know because rivals so affected by the wind way more than a normal like it's short darts. Yeah. And I think if it had been a little less breezy, uh, it would have been a lot. It would have been a lot more threatening if someone came at you with like a takedown or any any rival blaster. But it's just it just goes to show you how you know day-to-day the meta can change based on all these factors which is one of the fun things i love about the hobby yep absolutely well um move on to shout outs yeah sure i i'll go first i will shout out our boy will at Harin for for helping us win both games because he was on he was on our team both times yeah and also just a blast to hang out with the guy. And uh, and shout out to Virus for coming out to lunch with us. And his buddy whose name is escaping me. The Purdue guy? Oh, shout out shout out to all the locals. They they were very hospitable. Yes. Corbett. Corbett was the one you were talking Corbett. about. Corbett. Yeah. Corbett. <laughs> Alex, who you got for a shout out? Uh, my shout out is going to go to GSP, who's listening right now. Um, I was chatting with GSP recently about some stuff. And then yesterday, I believe it was on my doorstep, there was a little package. And in that package were three 40 max shells and some stickers. So yeah, he's getting a big discount on his commission <laughs> order. <laughs> but yeah, it was, it was a very kind act and he's insisting they're free, but 
they're not. Uh, <laughs> um, so yeah, shout out to GSP. Always a pleasure. And such a, such a fun, fantastic human being. Definitely. Uh, my shout out goes to my son, Milo, um, who isn't a listener, um, but I might have him listen to this episode, uh, just because, um, this, uh, past Saturday, Milo, um, well, he had already earned his arrow of light, but, um, at our blue and gold banquet, uh, he crossed over into, um, that's uh, scouts BSA now, not boy scouts. Um, so he will be embarking on the next adventure, the next leg of his adventure. Um, so a bunch of, uh, new congratulations, ex- Milo. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and our first camp out, he lucked, totally lucked out his first camp out. We're going to Cedar point for a STEM weekend. Oh, that's sick. Yeah. So a couple weeks we're heading down there. So shout out to you, Milo. Congratulations. Okay. So are we ready to wrap it up? Yeah. Think so. Thank you all for listening. Uh, send me free things. Uh, not Alex. Alex already got free things for the time being. Specifically me and or Tim. Give us free things at our P.O. box, which we do not have. No, I want free things too. Don't listen to Tom. (laughs) Have a good night. (laughs) Bye. Bye, everybody. What is up with this duck? Tom is hitting the quack button. Because that is coming through on the recording. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Oh, God. No, he found the soundboard. Oh, I forgot the install. I did find the soundboard. I, I'm going to... I'll be monitoring this. Oh, God. Oh, God. Oh, God. This is great.